The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Welcome back to Do Joy, my gorgeous community. Today, we are going to continue our exploration of strengthening our connection to that inner knowing, that place of divine, infinite wisdom that exists within every one of us. And I'm so happy to bring you today's guest, a longtime friend of mine. I'm just going to read you this bio because she's very impressive. Sunny Dawn Johnston is an acclaimed psychic medium, change maker, transformational thought leader, and spiritual biz mentor. She's a weekly columnist for Woman's World magazine and the author of 21 books, including her flagship bestsellers, Invoking the Archangels and The Love Never Ends, which have become the cornerstones for many of her keynote topics, such as intuition, mediumship, and the angelic realm. Through her courses, private sessions, and live events, Sunny has grown and cultivated a diverse global community. Whether in person or online, her strong mentorship encourages thousands of students to connect with their heart and the core of their being and guides them to experience life in a higher vibrational, multi-dimensional way. She sounds kind of up our alley, right? (laughs) I have had opportunities to experience many famous psychics just because I have lived that blessed kind of life and none have ever been more insanely accurate in my experience than Sunny. I met Sunny, I'm going to say about a dozen years ago now in Sedona where we were both speakers at a conference out there and then a few years after that she was doing a cross-country book tour and I hosted an event for her in Boca Raton. I think we had like 40, 50 people even back then. We did. The house was packed. It was and that was before I was even really doing a lot of that stuff. And we've crossed paths at Celebrate Your Life conferences, written endorsements from one another's books. But this reading that Sunny gave me over a decade ago just had some mind-blowing stuff in it for sure. Welcome, welcome, my beautiful, magical friend. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here and excited to uh, be with your community. Yeah, I want to just share as much as we can about your amazingness today because we've all been a little enamored of late with this idea of um, building our intuition. It's our springtime project in Joy School and therefore by extension with the the listeners of the Do Joy podcast. Should I just tell them a little bit about that reading, that really one cool thing? Should we share that? You probably should because it was pretty cool. It was was pretty pretty cool. cool. Okay, (laughs) and and I know some of y'all have heard this, but I haven't talked about it on the podcast, so most of 
of y'all have not heard it. But I, I want to just, you know, go there because this is a good example, I think, about what I'm hoping that we'll, you know, maybe maybe uh, get into today, how there are so many different ways that this, this phenomenon can happen. Yes. So, all right. So this reading came at a time when I was just recently divorced, wondering about my future romantic life. And aside from that, Sunny had told me just absolutely accurate things about some of my family members, concerns I was having. But the fun part was around this question of my future romantic partner. I knew that Sunny was seeing this new love come into my life, like visually. I knew she saw his face in her mind because she was describing a face to me. And she said, a little like Anderson Cooper, but not the white hair. And for those of you who know me or we're Facebook friends, if we had to pick a celebrity doppelganger for David, right? Anderson <laughs> Cooper's a pretty close face match there. So she definitely saw him. And then she said some other defining things, like he'll have a bow, just little details like that. And as she was feeling into this future partner of mine, she said, oh, and I'm feeling a pain in my knee. So I think maybe he'll have a bad knee or be having knee surgery. Okay, flash forward a bit. And truthfully, I had forgotten the reading when this was taking place. It was weeks or months later that I actually remembered and pieced it together. But my first date with David was at a restaurant where the owners were friends of mine. I used to do my joy workshops at this restaurant all the time. For the locals listening, it was Apropos Cafe owned by Orly and Robert. So the owners knew that I was meeting a date there. So they're kind of invested in my evening. We sit down and Orly comes hobbling out of the kitchen in obvious pain, explaining that she'd just fallen and badly, badly twisted her knee back in the kitchen. She said Robert was trying to make her go to the ER, but she didn't want to leave because she knew I was coming with a date. She wanted to check it all out and everything. So we made Orly sit down with us, put up her leg, put ice on it, and Orly's injured knee became a big component, a big component of our first date. And I swear, even then I wasn't remembering the reading. It was like much later that I actually pieced it together. But what blew me away so much was realizing that, Sunny, you were getting visual information. You clearly saw his face. Mm -hmm. You were getting just general knowing about some of those facts about him. And you were feeling a thing in your body that offered more information. That is like insanely fabulous. And you say that we all have these abilities, right? Just most of us don't recognize or practice it. We for sure do. We all have these abilities. And the thing that is, I think, important to share in this experience is that so often when we are tuning into that energy, just like in this example, I associated it with him, like he has the knee or the knee issue. Sure. Um, because that was, that's what we do as humans is we, we interpret things when we don't know where to put them. And so the interpretation of it was off, but the energy of the experience was on. And I think it's important as you're developing and growing your intuition, it's so often that we're like, oh, well, I was off. And so then and we just kind of cast it aside where you might be tapping into the subtleties of things and you just don't know where to put them or they don't stand out to you until later down the road. And they're like, wait a minute, I had, you know, da -da -da happen. And so it's a great example of, of how it works and in truth how it really works which is sometimes it's just a little bit off because you don't see the whole scenario right now and so that's it's a perfect example totally i mean that's you could call that off but that's still just pretty amazing that <laughs> I, I i can see why you're saying it's off because you said david would but i think you know at some point we bring our humanness to it right we're getting this sure. this language that has to at some level be translated into what makes sense to us logically right and we're trying to assign it 
to something that we understand. So we're talking about your new future partner, the pain comes in, there's a connection with him. And so here's the thing that in teaching this, I would do differently. Instead of saying, I think you'll have a knee issue or something, I would say, I have pain in my knee, so there may be a situation around that in connection. So that, so you see the difference in, um, instead of the interpretation and assigning it, um, I would just open up the energy to this is what I'm recognizing and not try to assign it. And that's where, you know, the best psychics in the world are 80% right. And the 20% wrong is interpretation. Right. So that's where that's where we mess up because we're we're speaking from our frame of reference. Um, so we don't have the you know the greater picture. We don't understand all of the the pieces. And so that's oftentimes where if we can just say you know I said something in the knee, then then it keeps it open for when that situation shows up. Absolutely. And so the best psychics in the world are eighty percent accurate, and. Are the best psychics in the world born that way? Develop it? Is it 50-50? What what makes them the best psychics in the world? Is it just a matter of practice? Or is there some inherent yeah. skill? Yeah, I think I think it is I think it's a couple of things. I think it is a strong connection to um, our spirit versus our head. So we don't have to live in our heads, right? We were we're we're really being guided by the, the spiritual guidance, I think, is one. I think um, that we, we, when we're looking at the best psychics in the world, I think most of people think that the best psychics in the world are the ones that write all the, the, the New York Times bestselling books. The best psychics in the world, nobody knows. The best psychics in the world work behind the scenes. And the best psychics in the world are doing remote viewing and in the government, you know, high, high up ends. Like those are the best psychics in the world. And they get their skills from from very um, intense um, training and practice, 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 practice. You know, I've, I I work with missing persons and work on missing persons cases a lot, and so we we cross paths with some of those best psychics in the world, and um, and it is it, it's um, it's absolutely a gift, and it can be developed. So some. Some of either. Some of it is just innate for some people both. more yes. than others. Yes. And I know some some people claim that there's like a life experience that happens that turns it on. Is is that something that you encounter a lot? Where for sure that's happened. I mean, I think I think even that was what I, I don't know that it's what turns it on or if it's what creates the awareness for us that it's on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like my experience was I, I woke up in the middle of the night when I was 13 and I saw my guardian angel. And that then created a curiosity in me that then that I could see because I was asking, but I didn't even know what to ask before. So could it have been around another time? For sure, but I didn't know. So I think that sometimes it's that that energy is already there, but but it's almost like we need something to activate or have the awareness to even know that that it's that it's there, right? That it's a thing. Right. Um, and so absolutely, and I think too that. You know, like for me, I wasn't out looking for it. For your audience, people are wanting to develop it, right? Like it just happened and then I'm like, hmm. And so it, it, it just kind of, you know, I always say the angels trained me. But I think when you start asking, you have more and more and more experiences of it. So that's a great thing because you you will develop those skills and those skills will get better and better and better with time, time energy, and dedication. Right. 
and I had forgotten that that was your your originating story and I know that for you the angels are a really big part of that connection that you get your guidance your you talk to the angels we, we've been exploring this idea and this is just an idea to float out there that uh, whatever is the conduit is something that just we we almost sort of create with our consciousness what's comfortable or feels right for us do you do you feel that because you maybe created an angel at 13 that that became your route or do you think that there really are just different beings that communicate with different people because not everybody resonates with angels and they're still getting powerful messaging i i i think that the concept that you're speaking about in the sense of um people kind of relate to particular ideas absolutely happens in my experience i didn't believe in angels i i didn't even know that angels were a thing so i literally had that experience that i think opened me up to i knew that it was real i didn't even believe it but i knew it was real and so then i was like okay well if this is the case and i had that experience and there has to be more out there and so i think it got me curious but but in in you know so some people connect with ascended masters some people connect with spirit guides some people uh, connect with animal totem right so so all of that works and i do think that generally it does come in ways that feel safer that feel um more in alignment with kind of our our own nature i never would choose angels for me because it wasn't i wasn't brought up in religious background in that sense especially any angelic background but I think for me, I work a little different. Like spirit has to like smack me and, you know, I need the two by fours a lot of times to kind of get the message. And so this was a way that got my attention and got me curious to open up to everything else. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, I had a teacher who described it that there's a possibility. And again, this is just like one theory that there's this, it's like a prism. So there's this source of information, this light that's shining up through the prism and it refracts into all the different colors, but it's really all the same light. There's this one light, this one source, this one knowing, and it can look a lot of different ways depending sure. on how it's being. How and it's I totally being. agree with that. I totally agree that, that it's going to just show up in the energy in the way that that in some people that's going to be something that's more religious and in some people it's going to be something that's completely not and and whatever way we find it um is okay you know it's all it's all coming from the same source exactly it's just the form that it shows up in that's different and i know that's one of your bottom line messages that you you tell people you are not alone you are never alone so in that sense it's just that there is this this presence this benevolent benevolent presence however you interpret that that is always with you right right and I'll, and always there to support you to guide you not to tell you that's a key a lot of people just want just just tell me which way to be. yeah no it's not their job to, to guide our lives it's their job to give us the support as we make those free will decisions in our lives and so the intuitive aspect and the way the angels or our deceased loved ones are or our, our um, master guides are coming through to us is just to help give us support to almost have a different perspective or to, to allow ourselves to see it differently than this thing sees it. Because this thing usually sees it from the fear-based and, oh my God, and that kind of where the intuition, I always tell people, usually the intuitive guidance is the thing that doesn't make sense. It's the thing that doesn't fit with society's natural kind of ways of doing things is the intuition. 
Yeah, when Sunny was saying this thing, she was pointing to her head. Y'all couldn't see her, but this thing, our head, we have all those voices up there, right? And we always are trying to discern which is the voice of source, which is the voice of, of soul. One of our Joy School mantras is your soul doesn't think you suck. So any <laughs> thoughts or beliefs you have that are in any way relevant to that story of you sucking in any way, that's not your soul speaking. <laughs> that's one of these beliefs that got in your filter through your experiences here. Yeah, that's, and it's just your mind. And the thing is, is if you are able to observe your mind, if you recognize the mind is having all these thoughts, the mind is not you. You are the one that's observing the mind. So you are the greater aspect that's observing the thoughts that are going on in the mind. That is not you. And so when you can separate yourself from that, ah, it's a whole new world. It really is. We, we do that in Joy School. We use a lot of Eckhart Tolle terminology and he separates the horizontal self from the vertical self and how we all have both. And most of us are much more aligned with our horizontal self walking around on this earth plane in our cute new boots and being who we are with our name and our jobs and our titles. And it's, it's that trick of, of building the practice of aligning more with the vertical self that really gives you that joy and ease and connection, connection to For this, sure. this presence that we're talking about. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Do you have any um, any other tips or ideas for people who are hearing hearing voices? And yeah. saying, you know, <laughs> we all do it. We're all hearing voices. You fit in right really good with me, so that's great. <laughs> <laughs> to, to know. You know I, I think the most important thing with, with developing our intuition is learning how to be present. Um, presence is absolutely without a doubt the key because if you aren't present you can't you don't catch the messages the signs the symbols the subtleties that happen within you and around you um and so it's learning how to pull yourself in presence and and with the cell phones and the computers and the beeps and the notifications and and life and the busyness um it's not always easy to do that and so it's really practice like consistent committed practice daily to be present right it's so funny because i always give the listeners a practice they can take into their week that they can just you know help to enhance their vibration their joy their open their consciousness and so many times when I ask the guest, do you have any suggestion? The suggestion comes down to some form of just sit still and be quiet for five minutes. <laughs> so we're, we're always looking for like little nuances beyond that. But I love that that's the one that just keeps coming forth from all these different brilliant people because that really drives it home. Like it really could be that simple to take that first step toward elevating yeah. consciousness. Well, and, and the reality of it is that there's lots of ways to be present. I mean, you can just close your eyes and sit in your body. You can, you can just stand on the grass and feel the grass. You can let the sun beat down on you and feel the rays of the sun. Like, but oftentimes it's, it's what's going on in your head that's where you get lost. So even if, even if you have thoughts in your head, that's okay. Just be present with them. Just be aware that they're there. Again, observing what's going on in the mind so that you can um, recognize in that moment where you are. I think a lot of times it's good to have something that we can touch or feel that pulls us into presence, like a, a cold uh, water bottle or a, um, a, a hot, um, like a hot pad, like something that just pulls, because then we notice it in our body, we notice holding it, we notice the heaviness of it, and that can kind of give us presence. 
um, you know, but we can find it anywhere, anywhere. It's always there. It's just that we have to look beyond what's seemingly right in front of us. Yeah. And we have to do it intentionally. Yeah. When I teach kids this work, I teach them to make U-turns, Y-O-U turns. When it's really busy out there and they're feeling clouded and they're thinking, you make that Y-O-U turn, find the glow stick. I call it a glow stick, but I'm in public schools because that's all you can call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Yeah, but I love this idea of holding something that's new to the audience. So maybe we'll make that our home play this week, y'all. Find something that you can hold that grounds you. Maybe something in nature, like a smooth yeah. rock or something. Stole, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something mm -hmm. that, you know, just practice that for a little bit. If, if you could sit with some object that reminds you to be in your physical body and to, to just be right here with this object. Hot or cold is a great idea. I love that. Sometimes a scent. A scent can pull us into presence. I have stones all over my office so that I like I love the selenite is a really great heart stone. So just holding that and actually being present with the feeling of the energy of it um, can can be uh, a tool to use. So whatever that is for you, just try different things and see which ones align the most that get your really get your attention in the moment. Do that. Do that one, whatever it is. There's no right way. Yeah, no, I love that. As long as I've been doing this work, I have to say that that really felt sense of energy is something that always I wasn't positive I was experiencing until just recently where things like that, I do actually feel a difference. I, I'm, I'm finally, after batting away at this for decades, really mm -hmm. able to sense energy from things like like that like you described. I've been taking a vibrational healing course with tuning forks and, you know, bio. Mm -hmm biofield tuning and it's 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 so exciting when you realize that like oh i've kind of been paying lip service to feeling energy but i can actually feel the energy but it takes yes, practice absolutely like one of the one of the places that i feel energy the most is from the cell phones like uh -oh. i can feel the energy in the cell phone and so it's it, it's something that i think that as you become more sensitive you become sensitive too like i can tell when the microwave's on um, there's all of and everything, everything is energy first, right? Everything is. So everything has its own energetic um, um, source, but it's, it's when we really just tap in that you can really be present with it. And some things feel like too much um, and then some things feel nice and grounded. And so you start to notice that difference as well. And when you mentioned the cell phones, this is in a negative context, I assume. We, we don't want to feel the energy from our cell phones. I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's good to have the awareness of how much energy is there um, because I, I mean, I think about how much energy we give them, how much, how much energy of ours we give them and, and, and the energy is moving all around us. And I'm not a big, like, I know lots of people have the RFID, like they put all the stuff to block the energy. I know that energy is energy and it's frequency. I'm going to feel it, but it's good awareness because you can actually, like for me, I could put my hand on it and I can feel the vibration of the energy of the phone, especially if it's in in um, if it's on. Like if it's off, it still has energy. Like everything has energy, but when it's on, it's always working. It's always doing. It's always reaching. It's pushing. It's it's finding something. It's so it's always going. You can feel it. And then when it's on, like like you're on a call or something, you can feel it even more. So that's an interesting one to practice with too. Wow, that is interesting. And I love what you said about being cognizant of how much energy we give these things. 
Because there's yes. an exchange for sure. We only have so much energy to, to spend every day. Do we want to be spending exactly. it all on this little device? Interesting. You got it. You got it. I love that. So one thing that comes up sometimes with guests that I wonder how it plays into your work is the law of attraction. Um, I love the law of attraction. I believe in the laws and I believe that um, we do uh, attract at the vibration, the frequency that we are. Um, I think that um, when we are open to um, tapping into the energy of spirit, when we're open, then we bring in experiences to help us open more. And when we are closed, we bring in experiences to give us the opportunity to open or to stay more closed. Uh, I watch the law of attraction in, mo in, in motion constantly. And um, I think sometimes it's hard to always put together what it is that is being attracted because people think that, oh, I just thought this thought, so now it's coming back and it doesn't work that way. It's, it's a frequency, right? It's a, it's a vibrational frequency and there's a lot that is involved in that vibrational frequency. So the way you care for your body and the energy that you put out and the thoughts you think and the things you bring in and what you watch and what you listen to and, and what you read, like all of that affects our frequency and, and we can observe based on what we're bringing into our experience, um, the, the vibrational frequencies that we might then receive based on that. Um, so it's not a tit for tat, so to speak, of this than that, it doesn't work that way. You think some people think it's supposed to, it's not, right. and it doesn't. And gratefully, because, because we're physical bodies, so that's why we're, that, that we have the opportunity to allow things to manifest into form where in the spirit world, that's how everything is. So that, that we've already done that, that we, we came here to learn, right? We already know how to do that piece. And I always say too, Lisa, there are some things that you think in your head, you don't want to manifest that quickly. <laughs> you know, there are things like you're, you're walking by somebody or you're like, you know, say thinking you're a single lady and you're like, Ooh, you know, man, <laughs> That, that one's hot, you know, whatever, girl, boy, doesn't matter to me, whatever you're looking at, and then all of a sudden, boom, their clothes go off. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Like, we don't want that instant manifestation. It's good to learn a little here. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Okay, so so life is a school. Life is yeah. a school. Like and joy school. I like joy. I like that life would be a joy school. That'd be good. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It really is. It's like a, a, a school to figure out how to have that joy that we came here as, and we get all those yes. obstructions along the way to experience and how, it. Yeah, how to raise that vibration and allow us to be the highest expression of love, which is joy. Yeah. So I know you spend time in the spirit realm, and you have a lot of information, and do you feel that we choose our learning before we get here, that we're, we're sort of, maybe not all the nuances, but we, we choose a... a Thing that we're going to learn in this lifetime i i i i do ish so i believe that we recognize let's say an overall um an overall topic that this lifetime is really going to be about so whether it's forgiveness or unconditional love or or um compassion let's say and the form that that shows up in could look a million different ba ways based on free will choices, based on um, following that guidance or not, based on opening or closing our energies. Uh, but that we we learn that 
sometimes we learn it the hard way. Sometimes we don't have to learn it so hard. Um, but I, I, so I think there's an overall um, um, concept. Like mine is self-love. That's my been my journey from forever, ever, ever. And I'm grateful that I feel like I really have embraced that to a, a degree that I don't think I have to come back and do that one again. Um, but I feel like a lot of times people feel like the whole kind of like it's the yellow brick road and it's all, all kind of written out and we just got to walk the steps. I don't think that gives enough credit to our, our um, connection to spirit, our intuition, our free will options and choices and what we attract into our lives in a way that to me um, is hard to make sense of then what the purpose would be if it's all laid out already. Um, and so for sure in our um, energetic connections and, and what we're putting out and what we're bringing back is all expansion and growth and learning from my perspective. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. And do you think that there are themes that sort of uh, show up at a certain time? You mentioned the self-love theme. I know for myself and so many of my joy schoolers, I'm going to just say to some extent, all of my joy schoolers, that seems to be such a, a difficult, you know, we all think we have it, but but when you really dig around in that about like how kind we are to ourselves and our minds and and, and it seems like there's you know so much on the planet right now that shows such a lack of compassion toward others, which we know stems from lack of compassion toward self. And, you know, if, if we truly loved ourselves, we could never hurt another. I think that was Ram Das. So do you think that that's like just sort of in the collective right now, this need to, to learn self-love? It is. It's been activated. And I think that we had, um, we've had a lot of opportunity to uh, learn that and um, what many people have chosen to do is, is to, instead of going inward, go outward and project. And that's why we've become such an angry, hostile, judgmental, critical um, society. I think it was an option to actually really heal that. Um, and yes, there are layers always. I mean, we're always discovering just a, just a, another piece to the puzzle so to speak you know and and I don't think that ever ends because once we're once we're done discovering we don't need to be here anymore like uh, you know the, the this point of the human experience doesn't need to happen um, but I, I think that a lot of times when when we're struggling with especially with loving ourselves um, it's certainly saying okay there's just more to do not to beat yourself up not to be like, oh my God, I should have gotten this by the time I was 30 or whatever. It's just, there's another layer. And as life is revealed, as things happen, layers show up. I mean, they just do, you know, your, your parent dies and you thought you were cool with everything and they die. And you're like, oh shit, I got some stuff, you know, or your child gets married and, and, and another person comes into the picture and you're like, oh, I got some stuff. Like, so that's okay. It's just, it's just, if you don't treat yourself like you've done something wrong and you're bad, then you then that's the experience of loving myself more you know and so it's it's for sure a journey and if you have kids then you signed up for extra learning um and so that's even better because you get the reflection of them on both sides and oftentimes i think our children um remind us or they they awaken the parts of us at the ages that they are that we needed or didn't get or, or wanted more of that love. So as we go through them, helping support them in whatever way, whatever kind of relationship you have, then it activates some of the pieces that maybe at that time frame we needed to 
um, love more and we couldn't or didn't. So I see that a lot in my own my own life, but in a lot of my clients' and students' lives too. And if parents are, are cognizant of that and bring that necessary love to the table, then it would stand to reason that every generation gets better. I, I keep maintaining exactly. this, and I, I do a lot of work with LGBTQ people who, who have a very strong case that I'm incorrect with this assumption that the world is getting better. And that makes sense because it's a couple steps forward and then sometimes a hard slide back, and that's what we're sure. seeing. But I do feel like if you look you know, from the beginning of history, we've, we've been improving and each generation just does seem kinder and more compassionate. And when you talk about this point that we might get to someday where we don't need to be here anymore, to me, that's just that ancient, ancient concept of oneness that every single spiritual tradition holds up. And that's what loving ourselves and others looks like, right? It's just recognizing that we really are all the same energy. Yes, yes. And, and I agree that we are moving towards it. I think part of the the reason that I think that it doesn't seem that way is we have technology to put a focus on all the areas that it isn't. Yeah. Um, we always as human beings have been, um, um, it's been ingrained in us to look at what's not working, um, to focus on the drama, to focus on the chaos, to focus on the pain, to focus on the blood, the shit, all of that, instead of the, the, the good things. And so, and now because we have cell phones and we have connections throughout the entire world, pretty much, um, we get to see so much more of the pain that was there already. It's not that it's new. Um, and so I do think there's more awareness and, 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 and more love and more kindness. And I think that the passion um, that people experience against things is because of the pain they're carrying inside. Yes, I agree. I agree. And it's almost like if everything does happen for a reason, if there's a gift in every scenario, then it's maybe activating that that pain. I feel like the all the horrible things that are happening that have been, as you said, so brought to the forefront, if it bleeds, it leads. All mm -hmm. these things that are brought to our attention is it's there to focus our attention on this heartfelt desire for something different, for the world yes. to move forward in a, a more compassionate way. Yeah, and, and what is our role in it? What can we do? You know, instead of blaming all of the people in whatever way and, and trying to push against, take a stand and, okay, well, what can I do? What, what am I doing in my life on a daily basis for? And then fill in the blank, you know, instead of being angry with everybody else because that just gives your power to, it just forces the power to the negative. And that energetically, if we're talking intuition, we're talking energy, that doesn't make sense to me that we would empower the thing that is the heavy, dense negativity. Why, why would we empower that? Yeah, we always talk about that. Wherever we're feeding our attention, that's what's going to grow. We're feeding it, it's going to yeah. grow. We've got to deprive Absolutely. it of our attention. But it feels scary to people to take their attention off something that feels threatening. We've been trained that you keep your eye on the ball, and the ball is whatever feels scary and threatening, so I can't can't lose focus on that, or it'll get me, right? Right, exactly, exactly. and and. And my suggestion would be to keep an eye on the love and the love will support me. Yeah, well said, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> 
Human Design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum Human Design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. So I wanted to ask you about intuition. Again, we've been uh, playing with this idea that everybody is already experiencing intuition probably without realizing it. And we're all um, doing it in different ways. How can we tap into what our way is, like where it's going to be more natural to us so that we can sort of recognize how that energy feels and apply it in other areas? So I, I think that it's, I always suggest people go to when they're a child. What, what was the way that, that things kind of showed up for you? Did you tend to be more of a visual person? Um, are you more of an auditory person? Were you somebody that felt, you, you got gut feelings, you felt people's pain or sadness or excitement or joy? Um, were you someone that just knew things, but you didn't know why you knew them? So I think that when we go to um, a child and we see how we showed up um, as a child, then we can start to say, okay, that's probably my my natural um, intuitive ability. That's my, my strongest one. And so for me, I'm a feeler. I was a feeler when I was a kid. I would feel things that didn't even make sense, and then they would be discovered. And, and so um, I think that when we start with that and we focus on our natural gift, it's like the key that unlocks the door to all the others. But what I discover is most people, especially the feelers, they don't want to be feelers. So they just want to ignore the feeling. They don't want to be a feeler because feeling isn't always fun. A lot of times it's painful. So most feelers want to be seers. I just want to see it. And that'd be really cool. Then there's some seers that are like, well, I don't want to see. That's going to scare me. I'd rather just know. And so it's it, so people always want what they don't have, right? So if we can embrace that natural gift, I had to do a lot of work on embracing my clairsentient abilities to feel and somehow figure out how I could discover that it was a gift instead of a curse because it felt a lot of times, especially when I was young, like literally like it felt like a curse to me. Like, why do I have to feel this? And then spirit said to me one day, why not? And I'm like, well, okay, that's pretty clear. (laughs) Why why not? Why not you? Um, Don't feel sorry for yourself. This is a gift. And, uh, and so when I started learning how to manage my energy, hold my own vibration, not absorb the energy of others, that's when I discovered that it was a gift. Yeah, that's all about the practice, right? Mm-hmm. I could see that being tough for the feelers. One of my good friends who's an intuitive tells a story about when she first started you know, awakening her gifts, she went to a school to learn and it was all about the seeing and they told them to shut down all the other ways and she's not visual. So she just felt like a, a failure until she discovered what you were just so uh, eloquently explaining that it really is about tuning into what that, that most innate ability is for you and then building it out from there. Yeah, and then knowing that everybody is different. So it's supposed to show up different. We're not supposed to be, we're not all blonde haired, blue eyed. We're not supposed to be. And so knowing that, you know, I remember when I was uh, learning meditation and um, everybody would have these experiences and guided meditations like, oh my gosh, I went through door number two and it was the red door. And then behind the, the place that everybody was going, oh my God, it was so cool. And I'd be going, what are you guys talking about? I have, I didn't go to any door. I didn't see any staircase. Like, 
And I kept just making myself wrong. And this was like a meditation class I took for like a year. And finally, at the end of it, I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. I am a failure. I can't do this. It doesn't work for me. And the gal said, well, let me just observe you this time. And so she did. And, you know, we'd go into meditation. I'd go right out. And then we, they'd come back and I'd come right back in. And she's like, Sonny, you go to the place everybody's trying to get to by going through the door and going down the stairs. You're already there immediately. I'm like, oh, so I've been doing it right the whole time. Not that there's a right and wrong, but I've been doing it the, the way that people are trying to get to. But I have felt like a miserable um, loser for all of this time. She's like, yeah, pretty much. Oh, my gosh. Right. So if we can just say everybody's different, it's going to show up differently. It's supposed to. Then we can embrace the gifts in the way that they're naturally meant for us. Right. And putting aside that doubt that we can do it. Right. We have these doubts about it. Everybody, to some extent, has doubts, and mm -hmm. so whatever. But we're spirit. Is, we're we're spirit in the body. How would we not have a form of communication? How would we not have a way to express and communicate if we are spirit first in a body? That communication has to exist throughout this physical experience. It has to. So there you go, doubters. Sunny just doubters, told you. See? you <laughs> That's my intellectual argument right there. No more room for doubt. That was just <laughs> shut down. Way to go. And, and then I think just that feel, just knowing that we're worthy of it, knowing that it's not just for special people. It's not just for that sixth generation psychic. I have a friend who it's like in her family line. And, you know, it, it, it's we all have a soul. We all have a soul so we can all learn to talk to it. Exactly. We can, And we can all learn to listen. So we can absolutely. And... The reality of it is you did it at some point you just don't remember so and that's just that's just socialized out of us um and you know unintentionally people didn't know but it's socialized out of us oh you're not playing there's no friend here you go play with real friends you know like it was just socialized out of us so you already have that so you can you it's just time to to embrace that again time to embrace it i like that mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell the people what's coming up for you, how we can stay connected with you and know what you're doing. You're always doing fun uh, things. Uh, yeah, I always have stuff going on. I, I've been doing, um, bringing people, doing a lot of travel because I love to travel. And, you know, two years without travel was two years too many for me. So um, so I've got some trips coming up. I'm taking a group to um, the canyons, which we're going to Bryce Canyon, the Grand Canyon, and Zion National Park in October. We've got about two spots left for that. Um, we've got a mystery trip next year. I love the mystery trips. They're my favorite thing. You just sign up and you have no idea where you're going or what you're doing. Um, and then, of course, I have classes and workshops, um, spiritual business mentoring and, um, and helping people, supporting people in just their own um, intuition and growth and healing and things through my um, through my rest of my community. So you just go to my website, which is my name, Sunny Dawn Johnston with a T dot com. Sunny Dawn Johnston with a T dot com. Y'all got that. Okay, great. Well, I so appreciate you being with us today. Is there anything else that just is intuitively popping into your heart to share with these beautiful listeners? You know, I, I would just remind you, I, I've been doing this work for 38 years now, which is hard to say because I'm only like 25, but um, 38 years I've been doing this and studying. And um, the first 14 years, 15 years really, although I'd had some amazing experiences, I literally had miracles happen in my life where I saw and felt and experienced miracles. Um, I did the back and forth doubting too. 
Uh, it wasn't until I had a life-changing experience at the age of 28 that I was like, okay, done with that. It's time to get on with it. And so if you have that kind of push-pull, um, mine was really because I didn't feel worthy of receiving the messages. That's bottom line, uh, which is why the self-love came in, why that's really been the foundation of my growth and, and healing journey. Um, and so if you have that pushback or you, you have an experience and then you don't for a little bit and then you doubt yourself or you don't, and you do that push and pull, just know that that's not unusual. You're trying to find your footing and it's okay if you have um, some experiences that feel like the two steps forward, one step back. It's okay because you're finding your way and you do not get out of this life without serving your purpose. And so you'll find it. Um, and, and if you're taking a class and growing it, that's even better because you'll find it quicker because you don't have to do the same things that like I did for 14 years muddling around, you know, that Lisa did until she started to fit, feel the energy. Like we can kind of help get you there quicker. And so um, not that quicker is always better, but, you know, I'm an Aries. So, um, <laughs> so just remember that it's okay to do that dance a little bit. And, and that's how you develop the trust. Oh, I know that somebody needed to hear that. Maybe many buddies needed to hear that. And that's what you just tapped into. And you mentioned that you can't get out of this life without finding your purpose. Do you mean that in the sense of, uh, you know, strengthening your intuition or just that we all have this purpose that we're here for and we're all going to get to it somehow or another? Um, I, I mean that everybody is serving their purpose at every moment, whether they feel like they are or not. And so you are in your purpose right now, whatever it is you're doing. And sometimes that's changing your baby's diaper and sometimes it's cleaning the toilet and sometimes it's fancier and you're speaking on stage or you're traveling. But um, our purpose is being served because we and, and, and we're aware of it when we're present. We're not aware of it when we're not. And you don't get out of your lifetime without accomplishing what was necessary in this lifetime. Otherwise, you're here till you're done, till, till you check on that piece of it. Not the whole, you know, enlightenment piece, but that piece. And so it, it, you'll get there and trust yourself that you will and that you're in the right place at the right time because how could you not be? Oh, yeah. That makes me think of the Buddhist proverb, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. It's more about how we are within, how we're perceiving the world around us that, that is that evolutionary leap, not necessarily what we're doing in right. that external. Exactly. It's really not about the things externally. It's about that sense and that connection and that knowingness internally. That's what purpose is about. It could show up as a nurse or a truck driver or a, or a trash collector or a stay-at-home mom or, or a doctor. It doesn't matter. That's not what it's about. You are so beautiful and wise. I love you, friend. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, sister. I love you, too. And thanks to your community. And I know they're a beautiful group of souls because that's what you attract. And uh, thanks for having me. Love you. Talk soon. Bye-bye, listeners. You got your home play. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full-on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. 
See you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of A Guided Life Podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.